want to welcome you again to From uh, the Preacher's Study, and our ongoing podcast that we've been doing. Uh, Brother Bob Hutto, who's a preacher at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, and I'm a member, Kevin Clark, of the Oak Mountain Congregation as well. We've been working together, uh, working our way through the scriptures. We're very appreciative of your presence, your interest in spiritual things. Uh, we believe that the Bible is the bread of life, that's inspired word of God, and the, all the answers uh, that we need to live a faithful life are found in this book. And so you'll see as we go forward, we're referring to Scripture for our guidance, for our thoughts, for how we should live. Uh, we're not going freelance. We're not coming up with our own views or taking a survey of what the pundits or what people in our community say. Rather, we're concerned about what God has said because as we've established in our previous classes, He is the Creator. He is a sovereign. He is the most powerful being in the universe. He is our creator, and as that, he has the right to dictate how we live, how we walk, how we talk, how we interact with people. And so we're going to continue that. We talked last time about the holiness of God. So this creator that we worship is very holy. There's no sin in him. There's no darkness in him. Uh, he is all light. And if we're to have fellowship with him, we're going to have to likewise be holy. And we'll be talking some more about the statement, be holy for I am holy. But before we go too deep into that, we want to thank uh, Jason Reed and Mark Townsend. Uh, they are two of our deacons here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, and they have been here with us every single time. They make this podcast technologically possible. We appreciate their sacrifice and their talents. We also appreciate the sacrifices of their families and lending them to us for this period of time. I've enjoyed so much working with Bob. Uh, we have grown uh, together and have spent a lot of time in the scriptures. There are things he brings out that I haven't seen, and hopefully there may be from time to time some things he hadn't seen from a particular vantage point. But, uh, Bob, you want to say a few introductory comments before we dive into this idea of pursuing holiness? Well, God certainly does have the authority and the right to uh, uh, expect of us certain, certain character, certain mm -hmm. behavior. And not only is he our creator, and, and that gives him the right, right, as the potter has the right over the clay, That's so right. to speak, but he's also going to be our judge. That's right. And so we're going to stand before <laughs> him, and he's going to judge us according to the gospel, Romans chapter 2 tells us. And so we, we want to conform our lives to the standard by which we will be judged. We'd be foolish not to, wouldn't That's we? That's exactly right. And so uh, you're an attorney. You know mm -hmm. how important it is for people to conform their That's behavior right. to the law. That's right. If they're going to stand before the judge. Yeah, absolutely. And otherwise, they're going to suffer the consequences. And so it's important for us to conform our behavior. If he calls us to be holy, Amen. okay, well, we need to know what that is so that we can conform ourselves to that standard. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, go back to a passage that was identified uh, during our last podcast, and that is 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 13, and we're going to read just a little bit further this time, uh, go down to verse 19, uh, 1 Peter 1, 13 through 19. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written... Be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And one of the points I want to bring out this time is this last point about the idea that we have been redeemed, we have been bought back uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so yet another reason why we should be holy. Certainly we are holy because we worship this God who is holy. 
But he goes on to say that we have been redeemed from our sin. You know, there's a contrast. Even earlier in verse 13 or 14, where he says, not conforming yourself to your former lust. So we used to be in the world. We're dead in our sins. And he says, now we're obedient children. Children of who? Children of God. What do we want to be as children? Every child aims to be like their father, right? And so if we want to be like our father, our father is holy, we ought to be holy. Well, how do we get that holiness? Well, we've talked about this at the last podcast. Here, it's through the blood of Jesus Christ, not just any blood, the precious blood of Christ. Not only is that a means whereby we're made holy, but it also is an incentive for us to continue being holy, being aware of this great price that was paid for us, the blood of Jesus Christ that washes away all of those sins to the point that God can say, your lawless deeds I will remember no more. And as I think about that, I can't help but thinking over in Hebrews chapter 10, that we're told that we need to be careful once we have been cleansed of our sins by the blood of Jesus Christ, we recognize what a precious price that was paid. And and that ought to motivate us to be more holy in our conduct. Let's look at Hebrews 10, begin with verse 26. For if we sin willfully after we've received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy, listen to this, who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace. And so there's this idea that we have to live a certain way because of the price that was paid by God to redeem us from that aimless conduct of our fathers, as was just talked about in 1 Peter. And, and he says, if you don't do that, look at what you've done. You've taken the blood of Jesus Christ. Talk about something that's holy. That is holy. He said, you've made that a common thing by the way that you live. Isn't that interesting that we can show whether we deem the blood of Jesus to be holy or to be common based on the way we live. If we strive to push sin out of our lives, we pursue holiness, every day we're trying to grow, we're showing that we think the blood of Jesus is a holy thing. It sanctified us, and we want to live in a sanctified way. On the other hand, there are some people that would suggest, well, now I've been saved by grace, and I can just live any other way I want to. I can sin. I can use profanity. It doesn't matter because I'm not going to be saved by my works. I'm saved by grace. He says the person who lives like that is making a mockery of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You have taken something that was holy, that sanctified you, and now you've treated it as common. We never want to be that. That's being like Esau, treating something that is special as profane. The blood of Jesus Christ has put us in a special situation. We can only be holy because the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, it's like you said, there's a twofold aspect of it. The blood has made us holy. Now live holy to show the appreciation for that blood that puts you in that position. Looks like you've got something there at your fingertips. <laughs> well, just about every passage you turn to, I thought, that's a good point. You know, so uh, one, one thing I noticed in the First Peter passage mm-hmm. in verse 17, if you address this father, the one who impartially judges, we talked about God mm-hmm. being yep. our judge. Yep. Look at and the next phrase, according to each one's work. Yeah. You're judged according yeah, to your work. work. Yeah. Conduct yourselves mm-hmm. in fear. And so our, our work involves our conduct. That's right. And so that's what we're talking about, that's the right. way we yeah. conduct ourselves. Yeah. So we'll Good be point. judged by our, according to our works, mm-hmm. that is, according to our 
our conduct. Absolutely. I thought about a passage over in Ezekiel chapter 22, then verse 26. One of the things that uh, we're doing, they were doing wrong under the at this time. Israel was doing wrong. Uh, the the priests have done violence to my law. This is Ezekiel 22, mm-hmm. 26. And have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy and the profane. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about right. the ultimate example of that, right. where take the blood of Christ. Right. You don't consider it holy. Right. You consider it common, just like mm-hmm. anybody else's blood. Right. That's a serious yes. error. That was a serious error in the Old right. Testament. Absolutely. How much more serious is oh, it is uh, to feel that way or to treat the blood of Christ that way? And so I want to be careful that we... Amen. Consider holy things holy and treat them as holy. And uh, we do that, in this case, by the way we conduct ourselves, by the way we live. That's a great point, and I like your point about it. It's such a serious error. In fact, when we began that reading in Hebrews 10, 26, it's after we sin willfully, after we receive the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. So we're told if we make the blood of Jesus a common thing, guess what? We don't have the benefit of that cleansing blood anymore, and we will face him without the benefit of having been sanctified by his blood and having that blood uh, to stand before us uh, when we're in front of the Lord. Another passage that I thought about, uh, Bob, when it comes to this holiness, uh, pursuit of holiness, is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. So let's turn over there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8 says this, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testify. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. I love the beginning of verse 3. Just very simply, this is the will of God. This is what God wants for you. God wants you to be sanctified. He wants you to be set apart. He wants you to live a set-apart, sanctified life. And that's just really intriguing to me that God just comes out and says, if you want to be my people, here's what I want for you. I want a sanctified life. And he talks about possessing our vessel. What is that? Our bodies in sanctification. So I like the idea that the body itself is to be used in service to God. We are given our bodies. Remember Acts 17, Paul at Mars Hill says, and God is the one whom we live and breathe and have our being. He says that God gives us life, breath, and all things. What God has given us, this body, is to be used for a purpose. And God is telling us, this is my will for you. Not that you go off and use your body to indulge your selfish sexual desires or your selfish ambitions. I have work for you. And for you to do the work that I have for you, you first have to be sanctified. We will talk a little bit later about the idea that we are uh, ambassadors for Christ. We are uh, servants of Christ. The work that we have to do in order for us to do it, we first have to sanctify ourselves. We can't be out there preaching and teaching and sharing the gospel and living unsanctified lives, living unholy lives, living disobedient lives. We have to abstain from these fleshly lusts. Here specifically, he talks about sexual morality. He talks about not in passion of lust. And notice this, he associates people living an undisciplined life, an uncontrolled life. He says people who do not know God. He says, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. 
That goes back to a point you made at the last podcast. Anything, God is holy. Anything associated with God has to be holy. On the flip side, if you're not with God, you're not going to be holy. You don't live holy. And so there's a clear choice for us. If we want to be God or with God, we've got to live as God would have us to live, a sanctified, self-controlled life. If we don't want to be self-controlled, if we want to give in to the passions of the flesh, then we can't possibly have a relationship with God. So you make that choice. Do I want to be with God? Do I want to please God? Then live the sanctified life. If you don't, then you're going to pay the consequences going to your point about we have to face the judge in the last day. But I just think it's a very powerful point that God is not calling us to uncleanness, verse 7, but in holiness. And if you reject this, he says, you're not rejecting my writing. You're rejecting God, that holy God that I'm trying to get you to serve. Right. Well, I notice verse 7, for God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. Mm -hmm. So many people today are, are looking for their purpose in life. Yep. If I could just find what, you know, I know God has a plan for me. And, and so I'm trying to discern what that plan is, what my purpose in life is. Well, well here you right go. Here. <laughs> Here's the purpose that God has planned for you, your sanctification. That's right. And so God wants you to be initially sanctified. Right cleansed by the blood of Christ. Talked about that from 1 Peter chapter 1. Right. And so redeemed by the blood of Christ, so you're sanctified. But then pursue that sanctification mm -hmm. as well. Absolutely. That's God's purpose for you. That's exactly And so right. uh, he may not, uh, may not matter to him about many things we do in life, but your sanctification is important to him, and that's what he wants you to pursue in your life. And so Absolutely. it's important that we talk about living a holy yes. life yes. because that's going to affect our relationship with God. I thought of one other passage Go ahead. Uh, in connection with all this. We've kind of touched on it uh, a few times. Uh, going back in, into the Old Testament, we talked about things that were uh, set apart as mm -hmm. kind of a, an idea that's associated with being holy, set apart for use in the temple, for example. Mm -hmm. it, it wouldn't be right to take some article that's associated ah, with the temple right, and right. just use it for your own purposes. Right, right. That would be disrespecting and profaning uh -huh. and making common uh -huh. what really belongs to the Lord and right. is holy. That, that's been set apart for the Lord's use. Mm -hmm. And so that we, we can apply that concept to ourselves. Absolutely. So think about 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. Uh -huh. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from uh -huh. these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, right. useful to the master, that's right. prepared for every good work. You want to be useful to God, you want to be used in His service, mm -hmm. well, you need to be sanctified and pursue that sanctification. Not just sanctified in the past right. when you initially became a Christian, but living a sanctified, living a holy life. And then you, you're, you'll be, the older version say, meet for the Master's Absolutely. use. You know, suitable, suitable to That's be right. used by God in, in His cause. Well, when I think about making ourselves sanctified and, and, and living a holy life, I can't help but think about James chapter 1, verse 27, uh, when we get a summation of what pure and undefiled religion is. Pure and undefiled religion for God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. There we go. We're talking about what does it mean to live holy. Here, James says, you keep yourself unspotted from the world. You're unblemished. You're not soiled by the world. You're not tarnished by the world. You're not involved in the world in an inappropriate way. You've got to keep yourself separate. 
Uh, when we talk about living a holy life, we're talking about, we've said this several times, we're talking about living a self-controlled life. You have to discipline yourself. Uh, Paul talked about discipline the body over in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I know we're running out of time, but let me try to make this point before we uh, bring this session to a close. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's begin in verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. Listen to verse 27. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Here's the Apostle Paul who likens our walk with God as a race. He says, I want you to run the race in such a way that you get the prize. And here the prize is eternal life. He says that those who compete in physical games and physical races, they have to be temperate. They have to be self-controlled. He said, likewise, we too have to be self-controlled. And he goes on to say that he disciplines his body. Now, that's a controlled life. That's being holy. You've got to take that flesh and you've got to bring it under subjection to God's will. You remember uh, Jesus talked about the idea that the flesh is weak and the spirit is willing. The spirit has to master the flesh. The spirit has to be in control of the flesh. And so when we talk about people, hey, you want to live a holy life, it's going to have to be a self-controlled life. You can't give in to the appetites of the flesh. You can't, if it feels good, do it. You're going to have to discipline that body, and it can be done because God is calling us to that. That's his will for us. We can use these bodies in a way, as you said, that's pleasing to God. We're not here to fulfill ourselves. We're here to fulfill God's purpose for us, his sanctification, and his will. What we've shown in the last couple of sessions is just how important holiness is. I mean, we go all the way back into the Old Testament. We see what an important concept it is there. <clears throat> and we've come up into the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And so this is not a trivial no. subject. It's, it's very important uh, that we understand that the need to be holy. And so as we go forward and we talk about various issues right, and right. decisions we have to make, well, <clears throat> what, what decision will make me holy in yeah. the sight of God? That's a, an essential question to, to ask and answer. And, and I like that point because we're going to be talking about several different things, and we're going to bring you back time and time again to this idea that we've talked about the last two podcasts. We're doing these things because we are pursuing with every fiber in our being holiness. And so we want to know what does it mean to be holy in our speech? What does it mean to be holy in our dress? What does it mean to be holy in dealing with our fellow human beings, especially those of the opposite sex? Just so many different concepts under the umbrella of holiness. You be holy because we worship a God who is holy. Well, we've come to the end of our time. And as always, we like to end the podcast uh, petitioning our Father in heaven. And we'll do the same thing this time. Brother Bob, would you do so? Sure. Our Father in heaven, we, we bow before you and we recognize your greatness, your majesty, your splendor. We recognize your infinite attributes, your love, your grace, your mercy, your power. But Father, we also understand that you are a holy God and that uh, there is no darkness in you. There's nothing that is defiling in you or impure, that you are, are perfectly, thoroughly holy. Our Father, our desire is to be in fellowship with you, is to be your faithful children, uh, so that we might enjoy the blessings that you have to give, and that we might have the hope of eternal life. We understand, Father, that in order to have that daily walk with you, that, that we need to be holy ourselves, and that we need to pursue holiness. So help us, Father, to see those things in our lives that 
inhibit our growth and development in holiness. Help us to avoid those temptations. Help us to avoid yielding to those temptations that, if we were to yield, would make us unholy and impure in your sight. Our Father, we understand this is a very serious issue and that uh, uh, this may put us at odds with people around us as we pursue holiness uh, because being holy uh, sets us apart from uh, the unholy world in which we live. But Father, give us the determination, give us the strength and the courage to stand up and be holy in spite of what the world may think about us or say about us or, or how they might treat us. Our Father, we understand we'll stand before you in judgment one day. Uh, we'll stand before you, the, the holy and powerful God. Father, we're thankful that you've made it possible for us to have our sins forgiven through the blood of Christ so that we might be sanctified as uh, we live each day uh, in the prospect of standing before you in judgment. Again, Father, help us, help us to pursue a sanctified life so that we might enjoy the blessings that you have to give us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.